You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we normally have a special guest on our program, Connecting the Dots. But unfortunately this week, our plans did not work out. So today we're going to be sharing a previous episode of Gary Webster from last year, 2021, titled Stubborn Love. But more about that in a moment. Just before we get into that program, I'd like to share with you an event that's happening in Tasmania. So if you're listening in Tasmania, take note. There's a special event coming called Improving Immune Function Through Food. This is going to be presented by Dr. Sue Rad, who is an advanced accredited practicing dietitian. She's a expert, an expert in her field in diet and nutrition. Uh, it's a free event, so we really do encourage you to have a look at this. Now, Sue is an author and a researcher and a presenter, and uh, recently her, her most recent book, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health, received the Gormand World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book in the world. So she'll be here in Tasmania in May on the 13th, 15th and 16th of May. And uh, in Hobart, Launceston, Devonport, you can catch her presenting this program. I would encourage you to text in to our show number, Tassie Encounters show number 0488880891. Text in the code word immune22, I-M-M-U-N-E-2-2. Text that in to 0488880891 and you'll get a text message back with the details of the events and links to the bookings for each location in Hobart, Launceston and Devonport. Right now, we're going to have our program. This is a pre-recorded program from last year with Gary Webster titled Stubborn Love. Gary, um, what do you have for us today? Well, Jason, we're going to be talking about the, the, the stubborn love of God today. And we'll be going back to ancient Babylon. And uh, I want to talk just uh, briefly about this famous king. First of all, the Babylonians came to power uh, back around 612 BC. At least they, they toppled the great Assyrian Empire when they destroyed Nineveh with the Medes in 612 BC. And then Babylon, under the crown prince Nebuchadnezzar, attacked Jerusalem, 605 BC. Uh, Nabopolassar was the father of Nebuchadnezzar. He dies, and so Nebuchadnezzar now becomes the king of Babylon. And by the way, Jason, I thought, first of all, we'd mentioned this guy was a real guy. He's mentioned many times in the Bible, and we spoke about him before, but I thought I'd bring you a tablet so you could see for yourself. This is a tablet. Called one of the Babylonian chronicles, but this tells us of Nebuchadnezzar's raid on Jerusalem, the second raid. I, I reckon if I picked that up, Gary, I wouldn't have a clue what it says. No, because you can't read the cuneiform. You need to go back to university. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. It's so fine and tiny too. Is, that, a, is that real life size? That's real life size, yes. Wow. That's just a replica. That's in the British Museum today. It's just about two inches tall and about one and a half inches wide. And, yeah, a little uh, clay tablet. Yeah, with uh, very interesting writing. But it's it. It, but the point is, this guy really existed. Yeah. Uh, let me say something about this guy Nebuchadnezzar, so we can get a handle on uh, God's stubborn love. 
uh, he plundered God's temple. So, so think of that. He, he destroys the temple of Solomon uh, back in 586 BC. He puts God's temple instruments, so the various instruments in the temple, you know, various objects for worship there. Mm. He puts them in his pagan temple back in Babylon. And this was done by the ancients to say, my gods are greater than your gods, mm. because look at my gods, uh, temple, your stuff is in his temple. So this is a, another thing that this guy did. He destroyed God's temple after that and the city of Jerusalem. On top of that, he was, he was really a despot. He would take people's heads off if the job wasn't done up to standard. Mm. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about that this morning. And if you couldn't fulfill uh, an unreasonable order, not a reasonable order, but if you couldn't feel, fulfill an unreasonable order, he'd take your head off. Mm. So this is the sort of guy this fellow is. And he was incredibly opposed to God. I uh, wonder if you could read for us Daniel 3.15. Notice this, this uh, almost a taunt that he makes about the God of the Israelites. Daniel 3, verse 15. It says, Now if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Yeah, that's what the guys like. But yeah. now, 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 now this taunt, read that for us. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? In other words, come on. <laughs> you guys are not going to survive. Who's your God that you could deliver me, you from this fiery furnace? So, you know, he was, he was definitely opposed to God after mm. destroying his temple. He was very religiously intolerant. You just read how if people didn't worship his God uh, and they worshiped their own God, then you could lose your life mm. in, in the fiery furnace. So there was no religious liberty <laughs> back in Babylon. Now, in this instance, was it worshipping his God or was it worshipping a statue of him? It was worshipping a statue of probably him. We should, we'll talk a little bit more about that okay. because actually it's another one of these defiant things of this king. But we'll come to that in a moment. Okay. He was also, Jason, very materialistic. I mean, you read and you, I mean, you visit Babylon and you see his bricks with his name all over them. And, and, and he did lots of building. Mm. Uh, he, in fact, he said, is not this great Babylon that I have built? So mm. he's terrifically materialistic. And talk about self-centered and proud and arrogant this guy was. So this is Nebuchadnezzar. But the point I want to make, Jason, is this. God loved this guy. Mm. Even though he destroyed his temple and, and put taken things from his temple and put him in his own pagan temple, God still loved him. It reminds me of some famous verses in the Bible. I guess the one that most people are familiar with, John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world. And then there's Romans 5 verse 8 that I'll just read here. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, this guy was a sinner, but the truth of the Bible is God so loved the world. Ephesians 2, 4. Uh, read this for us, Jason. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. And then it goes on to say in the next verse, even while we were dead in sins, he loved us. And then I think... First uh, John 4 verse 10 yeah. uh, really sums up something about the love of God for those who can't stand him. 
In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And finally, Luke 12, verse 7. Let me read this one. Jesus is talking and he says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. You see, God knows our name. He knew Nebuchadnezzar. He he knows where we live. He knew Nebuchadnezzar's address and he sent his servants to him in his palace. He'll do it. He'll do whatever it takes to save us eternally. And, And that blows me away, Jason. When we think of who this king was, how much he was opposed, yet how much God really loved him. Mm. Well, it's time for our first break, Gary, and uh, you've chosen this song. This is uh, uh, one that uh, I guess you like. Oh, yeah, Dallas Home. I love these songs. <laughs> and uh, let's have a listen to this. It's called At My Worst, and I guess it relates to this topic that we've been yes, talking absolutely. about here. That uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he wasn't... Uh, he was a powerful man. He was he was a successful man in many ways, but he wasn't a very uh, good man. <laughs> yeah. What it says, Jason, is we may not believe in God, but he mm. believes in us. Yeah. We may hate him, but he loves us. But he loves us. At my worst, you found At my worst, you love me, and at my worst, you try to tell me that the best thing I could do would be to give my life to you. At my worst, you love.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're talking with Gary Webster and uh, in particular we're talking about God's stubborn love. Uh, Gary we mentioned uh, an offer today that we're going to be getting out to our listeners if they uh, text in we'll give a code a bit later and it's about these resumes for uh, Prophetica. Do you want to yes. just tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, we had seven programs at Prophetica, Jason, and so we've we've summarised those presentations, uh, pretty much most of the material that's in those, uh, so that people can you know go home and have a read themselves. So we'll be sending that in digital form, mm. uh, so anybody who wasn't able to get to Prophetica will have access to that material. I think it's important, isn't it, for people to actually read stuff for themselves and oh, not yes. just uh, take it by hearsay. Uh, no, well, we, we all, said. you know, one of the one of the the aims of a speaker is to keep people's attention because mm. we all lose attention while while we're listening to something. Mm. So you, you need to have something to be able to follow it up. Yeah, and uh, and these uh, guides will help you study it for yourself and uh, learn more from that. Okay, now uh, we're talking about. Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, at some point in his life, he changed quite dramatically. Uh, what what happened? Well, he sure did change dramatically. But let me say, it wasn't it wasn't uh, immediate. No, it certainly was dramatic. But God worked on this guy, Jason, for nearly nearly forty years. I mean, it's unbelievable. Let me share how it happened. Um, you know, in other words, the methods that God used to reach this this king that we just described. I mean, it was mm. pretty much of a yeah, he's certainly not a believer, was he? No, he wasn't uh, at the beginning at all. <laughs> in chapter 1, let's begin in chapter 1. You know, these guys are taken captive from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, and immediately he gives them Babylonian names, names of Babylonian gods and so on. Now, this is Daniel chapter 1. This is Daniel chapter 1. Yep. So it's this form of brainwashing. Hmm. He's going to make them his advisors. They've got to learn the language of the Babylonians. They've got to learn all about their culture and, I guess, their history and a whole range of stuff. Hmm. And, and so he brings them into into his palace. And uh, when we when we begin the story, uh, Daniel says, Ah, oh, no, this is not the sort of uh, food that's going to help my body temple. So he, he, he asks for a different... Uh, variety of food. He says, just give us water and some, some fruits and nuts and vegetables and all that sort of stuff and, and, and put us on that diet. Well, he's put on that diet for uh, nearly two or three years with his three friends. And at the end of that time, the king examines and finds that, wow, these guys, they're the best that I've got, you know. So this is this, the opening passage. The, the thing here, the principle here in this chapter is Daniel says, my body is the very dwelling place of God, and I'm going to look after it. Like Paul talked about, know you not that your body is the temple of the living God. We're bought with a price, even the blood of Jesus, mm. uh, and God lives in us. So this was Daniel's attitude. So let's think about some of these things. First of all, to reach this pagan king, 
he brings these young men. They're only about 17 or 18 when they come in. He brings them from Jerusalem. And really, their lives are sacrificed. They're never going to go back to Jerusalem. Mm. They're going to live in this place for the rest of their life, certainly Daniel. So God uproots his people to help this, this guy, and among others, of course. And God does the same today. He sends people as his ambassadors to help us mm. uh, in, in our own journeys. The second thing, of course, we mentioned was it was healthful living that put these guys in the right place. By looking after their bodies, the temple of God, these guys were placed in the very palace of the king to be his advisors. In fact, you could read that for us, uh, Jason. Daniel 1, 19 and 20 tells us how because of their faithfulness to God, they're set up to be able to be of service for God in a very pagan environment. Yeah. Then the king interviewed them, and among them, sorry, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. And as a result of that, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. So right. King Cyrus was uh, the next uh, power, empire. really, wasn't it? Next yes. empire. So this is like 70 years away, yeah. like, nearly. So these guys, because of their faithfulness, now God can use them to to uh, communicate his love to these pagan kings, if yeah. you would. So it's, a, it's an incredible uh, journey that they begin. So by being faithful, obedient to his instructions, as found in the Bible, these young men were able to work with kings and thus to lead them to an incredible knowledge of God's saving love. The next story, Daniel chapter 2 now, is that story of that great big image of four metals the king dreams about, he can't remember it, he wants to know what, what it means because he's, he's afraid of the future, so he calls in all his psychics and they can't tell him what it was. And then finally, Daniel is going to lose his head because he's an advisor and he says, what's the deal here when the soldiers come to take his head? And, of course, this wasn't just uh, interpreting the dream. This was also telling the king what he dreamed. That's exactly right. Because he'd forgotten it. Because he'd forgotten it. Yeah. And so so Daniel says, um, yeah, okay, we'll be able to tell you what you dream. <laughs> he must have had a lot of confidence because then he goes back to his room with his three mates and they have prayer together and, and they ask God to show us what the king dreamt. And, of course, they get the dream. And the king is blown away. So, mm. so what do we have in this particular story here? Well, number one is this, Jason. God used a prophetic dream to talk to this king. Mm. He gave him the dream. Then Daniel, after prayer, gets exactly the same dream. In other words, God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar by the ways that he was familiar with because the Babylonians believed dreams were important. So God speaks to this guy in his own ways of communicating. It's a beautiful thought. That's how God gets to us. He talks in our language, so to speak. Mm. The second thing is that prayer together with his friends brought the miracle power of God. Since when did you dream what I dreamt, Jason? Probably never. <laughs> Who knows, but probably never. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it's impossible. Mm. This is a God thing. They pray and God gives the exact same dream. So now God is working miracle. That's the point. Mm. 
Now, don't forget, Daniel goes in and he's to tell the king that, listen, the head of gold, that's your kingdom, Babylon. But king, I've got some surprise for you. The next kingdom of silver is another kingdom. I mean, you, you imagine telling a guy who takes your head off because he doesn't like what you're saying. And Daniel's going to say, now, king, sorry, mate. But you're not going to last forever. <laughs> you're not going to last forever. Another power's going to topple you. Now, mm-hmm. that's at the risk of his life. What I love about God is he's willing to risk the lives of his servants to help people who don't know and don't love him. That's mm. an amazing thing. Mm. And we pick that up again. And then Daniel gives a great testimony to God. He said, the king says, Daniel said, you're going to show me the dream? He says, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. God's doing this. He says, it's not because I'm smart. He says, the God of heaven showed me what you dreamt. Mm. All power and glory to God. He did this, Nebuchadnezzar. So in other words, he's, he's directing Nebuchadnezzar to the God who can do stuff. And then Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of this story, he acknowledges God. Read for us Daniel 2, 46 and 47. See the impact that this dream, this prophetic dream had on the king. It says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Yeah, imagine. He says, I'm blown away. How on earth your God could show you the same dream I had? Mm. Now, Jason, what this is telling us is this. Fulfilled prophecy leads to belief. And that's the point. That's the reason why God gives prophecy. In fact, I would encourage our, our listeners, especially those living in Tassie, not to miss the ancient mysteries um, and the programs that Peter's got. What was that program called? Is God for Real. Is God for Real. That's it. Because yeah. Peter, both Peter and I will be presenting prophecies, and the aim of those prophecies is so we can believe there is a God, mm. and God has our future in his hands. Mm. Now, one of the most amazing things that we see here is that God speaks through prophecy. But there's another one, Jason. We go to Daniel 3 now. I think we've got time just uh, before yep. our next song. This is the story of how King Nebuchadnezzar, and you asked a question a while ago, Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 3, he says, I don't like this idea of just me, me being the golden head. Mm. So he makes a whole statue of gold, gold <laughs> from head to foot. So one moment he's saying, your God's good, yep. and then the next moment, hey. <laughs> That's because, Jason, we're me. fickle. Yeah. One moment we're impressed with God, mm. then our minds drifted Get off. Back to ourselves. Back to ourselves, yeah. and then we, 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 we don't even think of God. Well, mm. he's gone back now, yeah. and he says, listen, I don't like this God, this idea that your God gave me, so I'm going to make this whole statue, and everybody's got to bow down to this golden statue. And if you don't, let me tell you, you go into the fiery furnace. So when the music blows, bow down. Now, three guys don't, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they know what the commandment says. Don't make a, a statue and bow down to it. Now, these these three guys are the same uh, are friends of Daniel's from earlier, friends, but they're different names. Different names. Shadrach, yeah. Meshach, and Abednego, they're mentioned in chapter 1. They also believe my body is his temple. Yeah. So Daniel's not here for some reason. We're not sure why. Mm. But these guys, they will not bow. They said, we'd rather die than than do that. And so the king, you know, he he says to them, hey, listen, I thought I told you guys to bow down, because they bring them up, you know. They say, why didn't you guys bow down? He says, well, king, we're not going to bow down. The God we serve, he can deliver us out of that fiery furnace. And if he doesn't, we want to tell you we're still not going to bow down. Mm. And then, of course, he gets furious, the king. They throw these three guys into the fire. 
And lo and behold, they don't burn. They're walking around inside the fire, and there's a fourth one in them. Mm. And the king's eyes pop out of his head, and he says, well, I thought we threw three in. How come there's four in there? And the fourth one, he says, looks like the son of God. Mm. Well, they call them out. There's no smoke on them. They can't smell smoke. The ropes are burned, but their bodies are not. And the king is blown away. Well, we'll pick up the story more, the principles in that story, after this next song, Jason. Okay, let's have a listen to this. And this is about the king's dream. Uh, It is called The King Dreams. In the ancient land Chaldea, in the mind of a troubled king, came a dream of power and meaning. Yet the dreamer forgot everything But another who dreams of our future Will never forget what he sees So let's believe this dreamer, please The forgetter was Nebuchadnezzar Who called his magicians in But they couldn't see much there And they trembled with fear and chagrin Oh children, remember the spirit Who knows every dream we've dreamed Who tells us we are highly esteemed The king dreams He sees the future Our deliverance
King Dreams, and that was the Lesser Light Collective, a group of uh, powerful singers. It's a powerful song too. Now, before our break, Gary, we were talking about uh, a change in Nebuchadnezzar's life, and we were just starting to talk about some of these events that actually led to that mm. change. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were talking about... Uh, this fiery furnace, this fiery thing furnace, the, yeah, worshiping that golden image, mm. yeah. We, what we learn from this story, Jason, is there are certain things that made an impact on this king. First of all, let's think about this again. God was willing to risk the life of his three servants in this case, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm. to reach this pagan king. I mean, these guys, um, you know, imagine. Have you ever had a situation, Jason, where you think? Boy, I wish I hadn't read that. I wish I hadn't been here today because now I've got to stand up for the right. And it's hard because of the pressure, you know. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. It's I've, the opposite of yeah, that. <laughs> I've been in situations where you think, oh, now I've got to stand out like a sore thumb. Mm. You imagine these three guys, they're on that plane mm. and everybody's bowing down but them. I mean, talk about pressure, but mm. these guys, and, and if, they, if they didn't bow down, they'd go into the furnace. I mean... That, that requires tremendous faith. It does, absolutely. Mm. And, and the point is they're making is God is willing to risk their life to reach this king, and he does reach him, as we'll see in a moment. Now, mm. the second thing that, he, that, that, that reaches this guy is their faith and their faithfulness or their obedience, in this case, regarding worship. Mm. Because um, you, you read for us, if you could, Jason, what, what they say to the king when he says, I thought I told you guys to bow down. I'll give you another chance. They, they basically say, we don't need another chance. Read yeah. for us verse 16 and 17. Yeah, I love these, these verses. They, they said to uh, the king, o Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case... Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. I'll just hold there for a moment. I mean, imagine saying to this king, king, you're going to throw us into that fire that's you heated up mm. seven times hotter. If we go in there, we're coming out. He would have think, come on, you guys have got rocks in your head. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you, we're, we're, going, we're, we're coming out. God can deliver us if he yeah, wants to. Yeah. Read the next uh, bit. Uh, so it, it's interesting that he says he will deliver us, but then... But if not, yes. and so, so they were still prepared to go in. But if not, let it be known to you, a king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So it's that if not which demonstrates their, their amazing faith. Yes, yes, exactly. Because yeah. they were prepared to go in. Yeah. And I guess that's a bit like that in life for us too. You know, sometimes we ask God to maybe heal us mm. and, and, and he doesn't. And then do we still hold on to God? Well, these guys did, didn't they? They you did, know? yeah. Yeah. But then, of course, in this instance, uh, God did save them. Oh, he and, did, yes. Uh, and but they didn't know that, did no. they? <laughs> they and, just thought they were going to burn. Yep. And, uh, of course, uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw that fourth person in with them, which uh, I think is identified as as Jesus himself. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. He calls him the Son of God. Yeah. In other words, a miracle of power. God worked mm. for this king to get his attention. Yeah. And, and then finally... Not only the miracle power of God, but the miracle presence of God because he saw the Son of God in there. Now, Jason, that's a good lesson for us. There are times when we all go through trials. Mm. These guys did. Mm. But God is always with us. He says, I will never, never leave you or forsake you. Jason, just read for us the tremendous impact that this had on the king. 
So this is later later in uh, yeah. Daniel 3, verse 28 and 29. It says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's words and yielded their bodies so that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Wow. He's still showing his religious intolerance. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is, for sure. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't lost some of the bad stuff because, you know, God never wants us to make someone's house a dunghill because they don't worship him or something. No, absolutely. But, but, but the principles that he's discovered, number one is this. He says, I'm impressed because you guys trusted him. So he's starting to recognize who, yes. who God really is. He really is. Yeah. He hasn't fully changed yet. No, no, no. <laughs> that takes some time, as we're going to say. It tr- but he says, you guys trusted him. That impressed him. And the other thing that impressed him was he says, listen, uh, you wouldn't bow down to my image. You were obedient to your God. That impressed him. Mm. And, Jason, it's true. You know, when we're faithful to God, uh, other people recognize that sometimes, and it impresses them. Mm. They, they are impressed because... You know, if you've got a cause worth dying for, that can impress many people. Wow, you're willing to die for this this cause. So there's some great lessons we learn here. And the, the important one is faith in God. And faith includes sometimes saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. Last story, and then the king gets to know God, and that's the one in chapter 4, Daniel chapter 4. The story is basically King Nebuchadnezzar has another dream, this time a great big tree, and the tree is the shelter for all the birds. It's the food for all the animals. This tree uh, represents Nebuchadnezzar because Daniel, sorry, Nebuchadnezzar wants to know the meaning of this dream because during the dream he hears a voice that says, chop the tree down Mm. and leave the stump for seven years and then he wakes up in a cold sweat. Daniel is able to tell him what it means. The psychics couldn't, but he says, King, the tree represents you. You've become too big, and you have failed to acknowledge God's superiority and his His control over everything. And so you're going to go and live in the bush for seven years uh, until you finally acknowledge that there is a God in heaven. Well, Nebuchadnezzar sort of says, thank you very much, and does nothing for a whole year. And then he's on he the. He sort of forgets about the dream, doesn't he? He does. Yes, he's, he's, he does. And and then finally, he um, there's he's out on the palace roof saying, "Is not this great Babylon I have built?" And suddenly, boom! A voice says, "Chop the tree down!" Basically, and he lives for seven years like an animal. Mm. After seven years, he remembers the dream, the interpretation, and he turns his eyes up to heaven and says, "Basically, God help!" And his mind is returned to him. And uh, away he goes. Now, what do we learn from this story? Well, again, here we learn prophecy. This was a prophecy. Prophecy is given by God again and again to get our attention. Mm. Second, again, he risks the life of his servants to reach this guy. Because Daniel, I mean, you imagine, Jason, you say to this king, King, this is you. You become too proud. I mean, you can lose your life for that. But God is willing to put his servants' lives at risk to reach this guy. 
Amazing. Mm. Then there's an appeal of a friend because Daniel's become the king's friend by now. But but when he tells him that, that king, you're going to live like an animal, he says this to him. He says, King, here's my suggestion. Turn away from your sins and, and, and help the needy and the poor. Maybe God will change his mind. I mean, he's pleading with this king. What a beautiful picture. God uses people. And then finally, Jason, there are times when God cannot get our attention through prophecies, through people, and so he allows tragedy to strike our lives. Mm. How many people have been forced to look up to God because they've laid on their back on a bed of sickness? Mm. Some tragedy, and God will even allow tragedy if that will somehow bring us to our senses. Well, in this case, it did. Mm. The king got down. He couldn't go any further. He's like an animal, and he looked up to God. Jason, the good thing is that prophecy brings God's saving love in this case. And uh, that's why we'll be sharing these programs uh, that Peter and I will be sharing on ancient mysteries and um, these great series. One more, Jason, before we go to our last song. Chapter 4 is Nebuchadnezzar's personal story. He he, he wants to tell the whole world about his new friend, God. And he says, I just want to tell the whole world, you need to know my God. It's a tremendous chapter. (laughs) This guy's now... By the way, when we get to heaven, Jason, we're going to meet this guy. He's going to be there. What a beautiful thing, because God's love reached him. Amen. Well, let's go to uh, our song. Uh, Just a reminder, we will give you the code to these uh, Prophetica resumes immediately after the break. This song is I Am Loved by the Gaither Vocal Band. I am loved. I am loved. I can risk loving you for the one who knows me best, loves me most. I am loved. You are loved. Won't you please take my free to love each other we are
that put him there I am love I am love I can risk loving you for the one who knows me best loves me more I am love you are love Powerful message that uh, we are loved, mm. and uh, we've been talking about how much God loved Nebuchadnezzar, as He loves all of us. But how much He uh, worked in different people's lives, so that Nebuchadnezzar's life could be changed as well. So uh, that's really what we've been talking about today. But I think you've got a little bit more to share. Yes, Jason. I think the the things that we learn about God are important from this story. Um, it says a lot about God. Number one, God is long-suffering. Mm. You know, when Daniel came in, he was about 17, 18 years of age, and nearly 30 to 40 years, getting close to 40 years, passed before finally Nebuchadnezzar said, God help me. Mm. I mean, it reminds me of that text that we find in Peter's. God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. In fact, Moses 
heard God proclaim what he's like. I want you to read it for us, please, Jason. Exodus 34 and verse 6 and 7, there's a tremendous picture of of God in this little passage because Moses wants to see God and God says, okay, I'm going to... I'm going, to, I'm going to show myself, just the back part of me. But when he does, he doesn't see so much of God. He hears what God's like. He hears his character. Read for us Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's it. Now, look, what a picture that is of God there, Jason. And then it goes on and says, but we'll no, not clear the guilty. In other words, we can't hold on to known sin and cling to it mm. and, and, and have God's forgiveness. We, we must give it up to him. But he's forgiving. And I mean, uh, merciful and gracious. This is the picture we have of the story of Nebuchadnezzar. God could have just said, you busted my temple, I'm going to bust you. You know, mm-hmm. that's the problem. We probably would have treated this guy, but not God. He works on him for 40 years. And I think this is a good lesson for all of us. All of us probably have loved ones that we know, you know, they don't really care about God. They don't believe in him. Don't give up. Don't give up praying for someone, a child, a a parent. Don't give up because God doesn't give up. Don't give up trying to reach a loved one to help, to have God change their life. The second thing, Jason, that tells me in this story is God loves so much that he overturns the lives of his own people. You know, he sent these kids to Babylon. They're going to be there for the rest of their life. He risked their lives, I mean, by the messages that they had to deliver to this king two or three times and and, and that great golden statue. God is willing to do anything to reach a person to save them. Mm. Read for us, Jason, uh, uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 3. Beautiful verse here. It says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. See, what was it that was drawing Nebuchadnezzar to God? It was God's love and his mm. kindness, and through his servants, of course. Mm. John 3.16, I think, says it all. For God so loved the world. How did he love it? He gave his own. Just like he was willing to give up the lives of his servants to reach this king, so God, to reach the world, is willing to give up his own son. Tremendous one, and, and when you think of it, Jason, ultimately God gave Himself mm. in His own Son to be one with us for eternity, and to die for us personally. I, I think that's enormous, and it was all that in order for us and for Nebuchadnezzar to have a, a forever life. Mm. Unbelievable. So that's that's uh, pretty much the summary for today, isn't you know, it? Yeah, Jason, as I was preparing this presentation and looking at the life of this guy and reading, reading up in the Bible, I thought, wow, this is just an amazing story. Mm. Someone who flattens the city of Jerusalem and puts his gods up in, in God's, you know, the instruments from God's temple up in his temple, and, 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 and he's so barbaric sometimes God loved him, and God said, I want you to live with me forever. <laughs> I think it's a hard principle for, for many to uh, really grasp hold of because, 
you know, our human nature is is to want revenge. Yes. And yet God is so forgiving, and and people look at somebody and say, "Well, how can this man be be loved by God because he's done so many bad things?" Yes, yes. But now we see that you know God changes people. Yeah. yeah. And let's remember that if we were the bad person in that bad spot, wouldn't we want some mercy? We would. <laughs> we would. Um, and I think we talked about that uh, with Peter on Thursday last week as well. Uh, in that that very concept of we want justice for others but not for ourselves we want mercy for us and justice for others (laughs) but yes no uh, god is a loving god and uh, we know that in the end uh, he's a just god as well you've been listening to gary webster on a pre-recorded program titled stubborn love back to hobart now and we're back in 2022 we have a function that is coming to uh, tasmania hobart Launceston and Devonport called Improving Immune Function. I mentioned at the beginning of the program. This is going to be presented by Sue Rad. We'd love you to be able to attend. It's a free event. Uh, Sue is an advanced accredited practice, practicing dietitian. She really knows her topic and uh, she's an author, a researcher in her most recent book, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health. It received the Gorman World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book in the world. So we really encourage you not to miss out on this event. Coming to you in May, May 13 in Hobart, May 15 in Launceston and May 16 in Devonport. Don't miss your opportunity. So to find out the details, text in to our show number 0488880891. Text in the code word IMMUNE22, I-M-M-U-N-E, and the number 22. Text that in to 0488880891, and we will get you the details for booking, and you can make sure that you don't miss out on a place at this special event. Well, that's all for today. We hope you can join us again next week on Connecting the Dots. And please make sure you tune in on Monday with Tabitha and David Leo for his uh, program titled Encounters with Jesus. Have a great day wherever you are. This is Sarah Hart with Better Than a Hallelujah. Sometimes
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.